one, and we're live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. Got a good show today. April 27th, 1961, John F. Kennedy gave a speech that warned us of essentially what's just out in the open today of the New World Order, which is in 1961, John F. Kennedy gave a speech of the conspiracy, which, by the way, which you're going to hear in a minute, I got three good clips. We got two good clips about what was just released with the JFK files. And then right after that, John F. Kennedy's speech on April 27th, 1961, which warned us of a conspiracy threatening our nation, defining for us what we would what we could expect should we allow it to manifest today. And today we can see much of what he warned us about has now become, let's just say, out in the open. Okay. Things like, and you'll hear this in his speech, the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts for outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. Which, by the way, the concealment of pertinent facts is routine today throughout government in what they call, quote, plausible deniability, which is a a term coined by the CIA during the Kennedy administration. What a shock. Which, by the way, you'll hear shortly, which is exactly where the term conspiracy theory, which is one of the most popular terms today, all of a sudden people came conspiracy theorists out of nowhere. All of a sudden, boom, you got tens of millions of people across the world. Hundreds of millions of people are all of a sudden conspiracy theorists. People like myself who are apolitical, don't believe, don't ever have any, never had any interest in conspiracy theories whatsoever. Zero, none, zero, never even looked into conspiracy theories my entire life. None, zero, literally none. Never questioned anything, nothing. Then the airborne virus happens, lockdowns happen, a lot of crazy things happen. I start looking into things and then realize I've been fooled. Anyways, as you learned on this podcast, we try to uncover the truth and that's it. No bias, no nothing. Just what is going on? Let's figure it out. And we like to play things from all sources, whether it's super left news sources or super right. We like to get we like to get everything because we don't care about politics. It's an illusion of freedom. None of it's real. It's all a charade. It's all it's all theater. It's not real. Okay. We don't come on, please. Our rights were taken a long time ago. Let's be honest. Uh, no matter where you are in the world, that's that's the case. But now we have this like infiltration. You got Klaus Schwab bragging on, on TV about how they've infiltrated the governments, especially in Canada with, with Prime Minister Trudeau. I know that over fifty percent of the cabinets uh, is uh, is World Economic Forum young leaders. And Klaus Schwab is a real Nazi. His dad was tied to Adolf Hitler. I mean, that's just, those are real news. I know it's tough to, you know, Operation Paperclip, where um, during the Nuremberg trials, uh, the United States brought over some of the top, Ger- Germany had some of the top um, scientists, academics, economists, all that stuff. Operation Paperclip was during those Nuremberg trials. We brought them, you know, a lot of the scientists over to the U.S., put them into, you know, government organizations like NASA and other, just look up Operation Paperclip. Uh, and uh, so they can avoid getting in trouble. And then we use them for, you know, uh, for the United States, for our advantage, because they were the top, but they were Nazis. They were literally Nazis. And then they became the top levels of the United States government. And then what do you know, when you let Nazis become the top of the United States government, what happens? Oh, nothing. Everything turns out just fine. Um, and uh, anyways, like I said, Everything that's going to happen from ever since, you know, two years, two years ago to now till to 2030 is going to be all distractions, craziness. And now they just dropped JFK files 
Um, but just enough to let us talk about it and go kind of deep into it and spark some media, you know, distraction. Look over here, JFK files, but not enough to realize, oh, wow, really? The CIA killed him? No way. Wow. What a shock. Wow. Crazy. Uh, no one would ever thunk that. Uh, but that is where, and you're going to hear it shortly. But unfortunately, I want, I was listening to the CNN, uh, take on this. Then I listened to Fox News. And I really wanted to play the, um, Anderson Cooper, you know, because I don't play CNN a lot in here. Just hoping that they would be willing to talk about this, you know, truthfully. And I listened to the segment on this, and it's just propaganda of how you should not think the CIA had any part in this. And to think so would just make you a conspiracy theorist. And that all this showed was this had nothing to do with our intelligence agencies at all. And you should never even question them. I mean, the CIA loves you. They all love you. And uh, I'm sure they're going to surprise you on your next birthday. Just crazy. So I can't even play it. So unfortunately, I got to play a Tucker Carlson segment, which I don't want to do, but I just play the people who are willing to talk about this in the right light. Not the right light. In an honest light. That's all. Uh, and so uh, let's just get some bad. And then, by the way, I'm going to play on the third clip, which you want to want to miss, which is the J- JFK speech denouncing secret societies, you know, the Bilderberg group and everything that we know has been going on. And now it's just out in the open with like literally the symbolism, the pedophilia, the the craziness that's going on in this world right now is just like destruction of, of individual governments. Uh and he warned about it in a speech, and uh, it's really, really good, and it shows you exactly why perhaps he was killed by the people who really run the country and the world. But who knows? Maybe that makes us a conspiracy theorist. But let's get some context uh, on uh, you know what was just dropped with the JFK files. And uh, this will just be a quick three minutes of a little background. I thought it was the best background I could find, at least. And then uh, we're going to get into how conspiracy theorists came about, and then JFK's speech, which just shows exactly why he was probably murdered uh so here we go take a listen the 60s were a wild time rioters were burning down cities the u.s and the soviets were at each other's throats in a space race which we won and president kennedy was assassinated Kennedy's assassination had the country in mourning. Some of the best journalists in the business broke down delivering the news. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th president. The man responsible, Lee Harvey Oswald, shot Kennedy from the sixth floor of a Dallas building, a book depository. But before Oswald was able to spill his guts, Jack Ruby got to him. Oswald walks his last mile. His assailant moves in from the right. Now, from another camera, the motion is slowed. The murderer moves in 
And here is the shame of all America as Jack Rubenstein takes the law unto himself. But millions of Americans felt like there was more to the story. Theories were running wild. Were the Russians involved, the CIA, LBJ? The government has been trying to keep a lid on sensitive documents for almost 60 years. But today, the National Archives finally released 13,000 classified documents on the assassination. The big bombshell buried in all of this is that the Soviets took credit for Oswald. The KGB said Oswald was a Soviet agent. They used his Russian wife to honey trap him. Oswald was actually living in the Soviet Union in the 50s, where the KGB claims he was being trained. Is this Russian propaganda? Or did the Soviets really orchestrate the assassination of our president? Whether it's true or not, the CIA doesn't look great in this document dump. In these documents, the CIA said they had eyes and ears all over the Russian embassy in Mexico City. But when Oswald visited the Soviet embassy there to meet with an assassination specialist, CIA didn't pounce, even though they had a running file on Oswald since the late 1950s. Plus, these so why, if they knew, if they knew this was such a threat, why didn't the CIA intervene to prevent this? Why didn't the CIA love us so much and protect us? Because they love us. The intelligence, if you have not learned, the NSA, what Snowden revealed and can't even live in the United States for revealing, which is the truth of our government ever since the Patriot Act, which was by George Bush, who basically signed our rights away where he can spy on American citizens without any court order, right? And then Snowden reveals this and has to live in Russia now. And now they're trying to like, like rewrite history in real time that he's a horrible person and betrayed America. But when you go against the U S government, you just, you're a threat to democracy forever. Even if you are a whistleblower and doing things and telling people and educating people on things that we deserve to know as the American people, like a, we're being spied on without court orders, every single citizen, because we signed our rights away and voted our rights away with the Patriot act, which came soon after September 11th. That's what happened at the time. We didn't know that that's what was happening with the Patriot Act. You got to love these names. The Patriot Act. What happens? It allows us to spy on patriots and then not have court orders. Or what happens with the Inflation Reduction Act? Oh, well, it produces inflation. It's basically opposite day every day of the week when it comes to whatever bills and whatever they pass. If it's called We Love You Act, it means they're probably going to put us on death row. That's it. That's it. Point blank. So. One of our favorite words of this podcast, as you know, if you're new, you must be a newly found conspiracy theory, which means you are questioning power and you are realizing that perhaps we were lied to. Whoa, makes you a danger to democracy. How dare you question authority? You stay in line. You shut your mouth. You don't ask questions and you go where we tell you to go. We tell you to go to a camp. You go to a camp. We tell you to stay in your house lockdown. You stay in your house lockdown. You do as we say. You do not ask questions and you shut your mouth. You know the rules, right? That's not new to you. You know that's what's come on. You know the rules. That is what it's that is what we call an open and free society. Shut your mouth, do as you're told, stay in line, or go to camp, sleepaway camp, where we're gonna love you so much and then send you back home. Yeah. Okay. So here's the next segment explaining where conspiracy theory came from because it came from these JFK files because anyone who questioned the JFK files was, guess what, a conspiracy theorist. So this was actually shared. This clip was actually shared by uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. himself, who is the nephew of Jack Kennedy or John F. Kennedy, also known as Jack Kennedy. Uh, 
who was the formerly president of the United States, who was murdered by, I don't know, perhaps a conspiracy with the intelligence agency. But we're not here to promote conspiracies. We're here to find the truth. Take a listen to this segment. Not long after Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald on camera in the basement of Dallas police headquarters, a lot of Americans started to have some questions about the Kennedy assassination. It was, you'd have to admit, a pretty extraordinary sequence of events. A lone gunman murders the president of the United States, and then, less than 48 hours later, that lone gunman is himself murdered by another lone gunman. What are the odds of that? It's one thing if you get struck by lightning, rare but possible. But if every member of your family also gets struck by lightning all on different days, you might begin to suspect these are not entirely natural events. But, oh, replied the U.S. government, they are. This bizarre chain of killings was all entirely natural. So less than a year after the JFK assassination, the Johnson White House released something called the Warren Commission Report. And the report concluded that while their motives remained unclear, both Lee Oswald and Jack Ruby had acted alone. No one helped them. There was no conspiracy of any kind. Case closed. Time to move on. And many, many Americans did move on. At the time, they had no idea how shoddy and corrupt the Warren Commission was. It would be nearly 50 years before the CIA admitted under duress that, in fact, it had withheld information from investigators about its relationship with Lee Harvey Oswald. But even then, at the time, before that was known, the government's explanation didn't seem entirely plausible, and some people started asking obvious questions about it. It was at that point, as Americans started to doubt the official story, that the term conspiracy theory entered our lexicon. As Professor Lance DeHaven-Smith points out in his book on the subject, the term conspiracy theory did not exist as a phrase in everyday American conversation before 1964. In 1964, the year the Warren Commission issued its report, the New York Times published five stories in which conspiracy theory appeared. Now, today, of course, the term conspiracy theory appears in pretty much every New York the Times Salzburg story. The Salzburg family, it. who owns the New York Times for about five generations, owned slaves. They were literally slave owners. Now they write stories like they're activists for equality, but they literally own slaves at the beginning. Oh, wait, no, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, oops. Let's just call truth conspiracy theories. American politics. It's wielded now as then as a weapon against anyone who asks questions the government doesn't feel like answering. But despite 60 years of name calling, those questions have not disappeared. In fact, they have multiplied with time. And here's one of them. In April of 1964, a psychiatrist called Louis Joylin West visited Jack Ruby in his isolation cell in a Dallas jail. According to West's written assessment, he found that Jack Ruby was, quote, technically insane and in need of immediate psychiatric hospitalization. Those are conclusions that, puzzlingly, no one who had spoken to Jack Ruby previously had reached. Ruby had seemed perfectly sane to the people who knew him. Louis Joylin West pronounced him crazy. But what, what West did not say was that he was working for the CIA at the time. Louis Joylin West was a contract psychiatrist for the spy agency. He was also an expert on mind control and a prominent player in the now infamous MK Ultra program in which the CIA gave powerful psychiatric drugs to Americans without their knowledge. So of all the psychiatrists in the That's world... That's the same government, by the way, who gave syphilis to African-Americans and didn't tell them or didn't treat it for, like, decades just to see how it would manifest. That's okay. Don't, no problem. Until, I believe, the Senator Tim Kennedy shut it down. 
Same people. Same people. Very good people. They love you. What in the world was this guy doing in Jack Ruby's prison cell? The media did not seem interested in finding out. In fact, the New York Times, in an extensive 1999 obituary of West, never mentioned the fact that he had worked for the CIA, much less his time in Jack Ruby's cell, which seems relevant. So you can see why non-crazy people would wonder about what really happened. And of course, many have wondered. In 1976, long forgotten, the House of Representatives impaneled a special committee to reinvestigate the JFK assassination. Their bipartisan conclusion? Jack Kennedy was almost certainly murdered as the result of a conspiracy. But the question is, a conspiracy by whom? Well, the obvious suspect would be the CIA. Why else would the agency withhold critical evidence from investigators? Is there a benign explanation for that, for maintaining this level of secrecy for this many years? Not that we're aware of. And it is illegal. In 1992, Congress passed the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. That act mandated full disclosure of all documents by 2017, 54 years after JFK was killed. The last administration promised to comply full law, but under intense pressure from CIA Director Mike Pompeo, withheld in the end thousands of pages of CIA documents. Today, this afternoon, the Biden administration did exactly the same thing. That would be thousands of pages of documents after nearly 60 years after the death of every single person involved. But we still can't see them. Clearly, it's not to protect any person. They're all dead. It's to protect an institution. But why? Well, today we decided to find out. We spoke to someone who had access to these still-hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contained. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim, quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, this is not a, quote, conspiracy theorist that we spoke to, not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public. And the answer we received was unequivocal. Yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president. Now, some people will not be surprised to hear that. They suspected it all along. But no matter how you feel about or what you thought about the Kennedy assassination, pause to consider what this means. It means that within the U.S. government, there are forces wholly beyond democratic control. These forces are more powerful than the elected officials that supposedly oversee them. These forces can affect election outcomes. They can even hide their complicity in the murder of an American president. So I'm going to stop it there because it plays right into JFK's speech, which is, and by the way, this is so important. Like I've said in, in a podcast, many, many podcasts ago, which is if you're watching a video on YouTube and they tag it, they put a, a link to an article below the video. Okay. Like um, the, the ones that I've seen are uh, climate change from the United Nations, right? which the United Nations now set, brags in the public, they own the science on it. They own it, and they're going to fix Google results. I'm not saying climate change isn't real. just saying it's tagged to, to have a specific definition below all YouTube videos related to climate change. Then there's election integrity. Everything's a free and fair election. Shouldn't question it. That's tagged below videos. 
Um, and then also the airborne virus is also tagged about the real facts about the airborne catastrophe that's happened the past three years and what not to question. So if there is a link to a Wikipedia article, a government uh, website below a YouTube video, you can pretty much assume that that is the opposite of the truth. Pretty much the opposite. Like if they're, and guess what they're tagging videos now with since the JFK files, the John F. Kennedy assassination tag. So you could pretty much assume, yeah, hmm, what do you know? The government was a part of it. But why? But why? Now the new world order that's wide in the open with all these horrible people and, you know, the pedophilia is just no problem at all. And, you know, whatever. It's, it's a good thing to do. It's fantastic now. It's very, very good. Um, John F. Kennedy gave a speech. April 29th or April 27th, 1961, where he literally warned about exactly what has come to light, which is why out in the open, unless you're sleeping under a rock the past three years, just right in the open, right? Maybe perhaps this is why he was killed. He warned us of the, of, of places like the Bilderberg group, warned us of the World Economic Forum, warned us of this whole, um, uh, conspiracy of powerful elites to shape the world to their liking, which is what Klaus Schwab said. He goes, this is a unique moment in time where we, in this room, we shake, we shape the world. We have the power to shape the world. And then people who think the world's going back to how it was, let's just say this is fiction. Okay. Yeah. That's straight from the Nazi's mouth. A real Nazi, real Nazi. Okay. Um, cause we like to throw terms like that around like fascism, all this stuff, but people forget the real definition. So it's very, very important that we might get to an extra clip, but listen to this real speech the jfk secret society speech it's a little bit long but just just listen and now you know why he was killed okay very very important so here we go i started in the middle he told some jokes to me and 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 the key things he talks about is the importance of a press that holds the powerful accountable that does not that the dangers of censorship and how that can kill a democracy or republic and how people are trying to infiltrate this to promote censorship, to then shape the world, this secret society, you know, these Bilderberg people. He literally talks about the things that are happening today that would be such a danger to our freedom. Literally talks about it. Take a listen. This is JFK giving us a warning. And now the warning has unfortunately come true. But let's take our world back. Here we go. I want to talk about our common responsibilities in the face of a common danger. The events of recent weeks may have helped to illuminate that challenge for some, but the dimensions of its threat have loomed large on the horizon for many years. Whatever our hopes may be for the future, for reducing this threat or living with it, there is no escaping either the gravity or the totality of its challenge to our survival and to our security, a challenge that confronts us in unaccustomed ways in every sphere of human activity. This deadly challenge imposes upon our society two requirements of direct concern, both to the press and to the president, two requirements that may seem almost contradictory in tone, but which must be reconciled and fulfilled if we are to meet this national peril. I refer first to the need for far greater public information and second to the need for far greater official secrecy. The very word secrecy is repugnant 
in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. But I do ask... Oh, they cheer. They cheer for the First Amendment. That's great. I missed that. But I do ask every publisher, every editor, and every newsman in the nation to re-examine his own standards and to recognize the nature of our country's peril. In time of war, the government and the press have customarily joined in an effort based largely on self-discipline to prevent unauthorized disclosures to the enemy. In times of clear and present danger, the courts have held that even the privileged rights of the First Amendment must yield to the public's need for national security. Today, no war has been declared. And however fierce the struggle may be, it may never be declared in the traditional fashion. Our way of life is under attack. Those who make themselves our enemy are advancing around the globe. The survival of our friends is in danger. And yet no war has been declared. No borders have been crossed by marching troops. No missiles have been fired. If the press is awaiting a declaration of war before it imposes the self-discipline of combat conditions, then I can only say that no war ever posed a greater threat to our security. If you are awaiting a finding of clear and present danger, then I can only say that the danger has never been more clear and its presence has never been more imminent. It requires a change in outlook, a change in tactics, a change in missions by the government, by the people, by every businessman or labor leader, and by every newspaper. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies that by is, day. Did you hear that? Do you want me to just read that again just to be sure that you understood what you heard, okay? For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy 
that relies on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. What's he referring to? Today, groups such as the Bilderbergers, the Council on Foreign Relations, Club of Rome, the Trilateral Commission, started by the Rockefellers, United Nations, the World Economic Forum, and others conspire to infiltrate and subvert all governments and societies to remake them in their own image. That is what we know is happening. That is what JFK warned us about before he was killed. Definitely not by the CIA. They love you. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. It conducts the Cold War in short, with a wartime discipline, no democracy would ever hope so perhaps what is he talking about here? President Eisenhower spoke of the military industrial complex in his farewell speech. I believe that was 1962. Um, there is the CFR in the United Nations, the CIA and FBI, and our economies are perhaps controlled by the Federal Reserve, the large banks, JP Morgan, Bank of America, etc. And then other huge companies like for the food, Monsanto, and of course, big pharma conglomerates control the science and our political party parties are completely corrupted by crony capitalism they're all friends uh well maybe they're not all friends but it's not true open and free markets we know that now the whole game's rigged um and uh its preparations are concealed <laughs> the whole game's rigged. it reminds me what was that it, that one of the, the first debates uh back in 2016 or whatever when when trump was running you had all the republicans up there i believe or i think it was maybe republicans and democrats i don't know maybe it's just republicans he's all the way to the right you know like this guy has no chance. He's a, he's a fool, right? And and he goes, the whole thing is rigged. And the people on the other side is like, what are you what are you talking about? The whole game? What, it's not rigged. It, Trump. If you, if it's rigged, how do you know it's rigged? I know the game is rigged because I use it. <laughs> and that's a funny. That's exactly uh, relates to the joke that uh, Dave Chappelle did on Saturday Night Live not too long ago. The whole thing is rigged. How do you how do you know Trump? Because I use it. <laughs> I mean, listen, we aren't we aren't pro Trump. We aren't pro anybody. We are anti politics. But that shit is funny. Um, its preparations are concealed, not published. The mainstream media, six monolithic corporations that control almost everything we watch, hear and read has been bought off and mandated to conceal the truth and publish only what propaganda is prepared by uh, uh, the, the elites. And those are the power which is very similar to the CIA. I told you about Operation Paperclip. What about Operation Mockingbird? Operation Mockingbird is the CIA infiltrating the mainstream media. So everything we hear is propaganda that the CIA and intelligence uh, apparatus wants us to hear. Operation Mockingbird has dominated corporate media since 1948. The Pentagon has used the corporate media as a propaganda delivery system since at least, at least the late 1990s. And uh, the U.S. Army's 4th Psychological Operations PSYOPs Group in Fort Bragg works in the news division at none other than CNN, brought to you by Pfizer.
Nevertheless, every democracy recognizes the necessary restraints of national security. And the question remains whether those restraints need to be more strictly observed if we are to oppose this kind of attack as well as outright invasion. For the facts of the matter are that this nation's foes have openly boasted of acquiring through our newspapers information they would otherwise hire agents to acquire through theft, bribery, or espionage. The details of this nation's covet preparations to counter the enemy's covet operations have been available to every newspaper reader, friend and foe alike. That the size, the strength, the location, and the nature of our forces and weapons and our plans and strategy for their use have all been pinpointed in the press and other news media to a degree sufficient to satisfy any foreign power. And that in at least one case, the publication of details concerning a secret mechanism whereby satellites were followed required its alteration at the expense of considerable time and money. The newspapers which printed these stories were loyal, patriotic, responsible, and well-meaning. Had we been engaged in open warfare, they undoubtedly would not have published such items. But in the absence of open warfare, they recognized only the tests of journalism and not the tests of national security. And my question tonight is whether additional tests should not now be adopted. That question is for you alone to answer. No public official should answer it for you. No governmental plan should impose its restraints against your will. But I would be failing in my duty to the nation in considering all of the responsibilities that we now bear and all of the means at hand to meet those responsibilities if I did not commend this problem to your attention and urge its thoughtful consideration. On many earlier occasions I have said, and your newspapers have constantly said, that these are times that appeal to every citizen's sense of sacrifice and self-discipline. They call out to every citizen to weigh his rights and comforts against his obligations to the common good. I cannot now believe that those citizens who serve in the newspaper business consider themselves exempt from that appeal. I have no intention of establishing a new office of war information to govern the flow of news. I am not suggesting any new forms of censorship or new types of security classifications. I have no easy answer to the dilemma that I have posed and would not seek to impose it if I had one. But I am asking the members of the newspaper profession and the industry in this country to re-examine their own responsibilities, to consider the degree and the nature of the present danger, and to heed the duty of self-restraint, which that danger imposes upon us all. Every newspaper now asks itself, with respect to every story, is it news? All I suggest is that you add the question, is it in the interest of national security? And I hope that every group in America, unions and businessmen and public officials at every level, will ask the same question of their endeavors and subject their actions to this same exacting test. And should the press of America consider and recommend the voluntary assumption of specific new steps or machinery, I can assure you that we will cooperate wholeheartedly 
with those recommendations. Perhaps there will be no recommendations. Perhaps there is no answer to the dilemma faced by a free and open society in a cold and secret war. In times of peace, any discussion of this subject and any action that results are both painful and without precedent. But this is a time of peace and peril, which knows no precedent in history. It is the unprecedented nature of this challenge that also gives rise to your second obligation, an obligation which I share. And that is our obligation to inform and alert the American people, to make certain that they possess all the facts that they need and understand them as well, the perils, the the purposes of our program and the choices that we face. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program. For from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For what I happened, mainstream news? What happened? And the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you an refuse to correct it. error does not become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. That guy is part of the same party as President Joe Biden, a so-called Democrat. Whatever that means. We don't do politics. But JFK warned us of exactly what's going on right now. He warned us how censorship does not lead to what is in the best interests of the people of whatever country. This is the context of America. I know we have listeners in over 50 countries, so this is relevant to we are a global world now. Okay, ever since the 90s, when MTV streamed worldwide, people who grew up as millennials are very similar to each other, more so than ever from all different countries, because we were watching the same media, the same type of stuff. So we kind of all grew together for the first time ever. Right. You distributed this 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 mainline uh, media across different countries. And so we're very similar, more so than any other time in history across the globe. Show me censorship. I'll show you totalitarian or a dictatorship government. That's how it works. The mainstream news lost sight of every single thing JFK just put in there. JFK warned of us, of the elites, the cabal, the whatever you want to say it, of imposing their way of how the world should work and should operate onto us. And that's what's happening right before our eyes in real time. And then they killed his ass. They, they popped him. They popped them, and now they're covering the files. But they're leaving. They're 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 putting enough out there for us to talk about it, but not enough to be like, oh wow, all the conspiracy theorists were right back then, and then the ones that are conspiracy theorists now are obviously right. So now the conspiracy theorist term is delayed truth absorber, something like that. So the whole thing's crazy. You now know why he was killed. He warned of this time back in uh, what was it? What was that? Nineteen seventy-one or so. I want to get the date for sure, so I don't lie to you. It's tagged on uh, uh, YouTube videos about the JFK, JFK assassination, so we know the opposite is true, so we know they killed him. April 27th, 1961, and now it's playing out before our eyes 
and the mainstream media should be ashamed of themselves. Mainline journalists, the journalists who are not a part of the winning team, who think they are, should be ashamed of themselves to go along with this narrative. They should be ashamed of themselves to want pro-censorship. They are the media. They're the last line of defense. They're the only ones that can hold the powerful elites accountable, and they're going along with it. They should be ashamed. But you know what? That's what gives rise to podcasts like this, The Jonathan Cogan Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And other fantastic independent creators, which is going to change the landscape of media like never before. We're going to look back. The Twitter files will be that pivotal moment that we went the opposite way to a decentralized, creator-first media landscape. And it's going to be good and better for the world. But I just want to make it clear. Mainstream journalists should be ashamed of themselves. They deviated from their one core principle of telling the people the truth, working for the people, of the people, by the people, the people, the people, the people, and they lost that, and they should be ashamed. I hope they're ashamed. All the, the Washington Post people with Taylor Lorenz, all that nonsense. It's propaganda. Get back to telling the truth. You know what? Don't tell the truth, and this podcast will keep going to the moon, to the moon. Okay, maybe we'll even reach Pluto or that other planet that we don't have a name for, I don't think. But it's like the eighth one or ninth one, whatever one it is. Okay, but past Pluto. We're going to go wherever. All right. That's all I got in the JFK Files today. Subscribe to Jonathan Kogan Show. Donate in the show notes. Check out Rumble YouTube. Follow on Twitter because we live stream there too, at KOGZ. I'll be back tomorrow with hard-hitting facts, truth, nothing but the best for the people, of the people, by the people. This is the podcast for the people not the elites. This is peasants first, elites never. Game over, done, zilch, nada, bravada, we out. All right, thank you, I love you, bye.